0: I'm a member of a Red Sox nation. It's a kind of a family. Wherever I roam, up and way home, that's where I long to be. I'm a member of a Red Sox nation. It's a kind of insanity. Yeah, I live and die with Red Sox pride for eternity. I make a smile, though.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Here for what will likely be mostly an MLB-wide hot stove episode. Trevor Bauer finally comes off the market signing a three-year deal with the Los Angeles Dodgers. We're going to go into a deep dive on how we think that might play out. Uh, as well as Marcel Osuna uh, returning to the Atlanta Braves on a four-year deal, option for a fifth year. And uh, we will probably freestyle in that last segment. But joining me tonight, as always, well, I shouldn't say as always, but as a lot of the time, Charlie Smith and Job Goddard. How are you, gentlemen? Doing well, man.
0: Doing
1: great. Good, good. So uh basically uh we're actually recording this a night early because the Super Bowl uh is tomorrow. So we'll re- we'll still release it on Monday morning. But can't be too many uh big uh developments that'll happen for the remainder of the weekend. I know, know to rizzi is still out there, Jackie Bradley. And uh, we'll cover those, uh, you know, as as they come off the board. But big news of the week. Trevor Bauer, after kind of a chaotic day, Bob Nightingale saying he's got to deal with the Mets, done deal, not so fast, gets, you know, crucified on uh, Twitter as he does a lot. He's kind of having a bad off season, And then the next day, uh, we find out actually, Bauer signing with the Dodgers. So, Charlie, thoughts?
2: Uh, Dodgers won the twenty series. Uh, If the Mets had him, at least it would have been interesting in the National League with three teams. You know, the Mets would have been good. The Dodgers would have been already good. We already know that. And then the Padres are going to be good. And then the Dodgers go, yo, hold my beer. We just got Trevor Bauer. So that puts you in your own class in the National League and in baseball. There's... Really no way. Like, this is the Dodgers' World Series to lose. With that rotation, if Bauer's not your one and Bauer's your two, or Kershaw's your one, not your two, Walker Bueller's in there, and you don't know where he fits. Plus, you have David Price, Julio Urias. Uh, I can keep going. Their five is like a one or two in some rotations. Dustin May. This is just... (laughs) In may like wh- where's he gonna go, you know? Like, uh, and isn't Gosling over there too? He can get traded. Yeah,
1: their depth is is amazing. Yeah. yeah okay. Know. Cool. So
2: you have seven starters on that team. Yeah, you have you have seven stars on the team. That the team went from like ridiculously good to stupid, and uh your bullpen is also in the stupid category. So. Uh, I don't, I don't know how this team doesn't get it done. I mean, I, one of the only pieces that they're missing now playing for the Red Sox is Kiki Hernandez. And he was super versatile. They have still Chris Taylor over there. But, dude, this Dodgers team, holy crap, it's done. Job?
0: As far as I look at it, um, the Dodgers were already the best team in baseball. The Padres made a couple of moves to try to counter counter that, make it an interesting division race. The Dodgers weren't tolerating that. They don't want competition. Um, they just want to win 2021 World Series. And it reminded me of a, a line that Pedro used to describe it as, you know, the Yankees are the evil empire. Well, now the Dodgers are kind of like that. They just spent $240 million to put this rotation together. And, you know, like Charlie said, their number three is, is Bueller. Bueller's the number one on 20 teams. 18 teams in the league. This team was already the best team in baseball, and they just got better by a lot. I just don't see it happening. And as far as how the situation unfolded, I mean, I texted Bob Nightingale's tweet to a friend of mine who's a Mets fan, comes on my podcast a lot, and he responded with a tweet that Bob Nightingale sent out or a, a photo of a tweet that Bob Nightingale sent out last week which was photoshopped to say congrats to the Boston Red Sox on winning the 1986 World Series. It's just, it's been a tough offseason for him. It's been a tough offseason for fans. Bauer's been really playing with Mets fans, and I think they're really pissed about it. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of where they go from here, if they go get Odorizzi or or what happens there. But it no longer matters because they're going to finish third at at the best in the National League.
1: I was pretty surprised, uh, that Bauer did end up with the Dodgers. I was expecting a minimum of a five year deal. It ends up being a three year deal and there are some unique circumstances this year as opposed to previous ones with the, you know, with the COVID factor, the CBA coming up next season. So at, well, after this season, I should say. So. It's a a tricky year to to sign a deal, but if anybody's going to sign a contract that defies the norms, Trevor Bauer would be the guy to do it. And the Dodgers did try a similar move a couple winters ago by getting Bryce Harper on a three-year, $120 million deal. So... This time around, they do get their guy on a three-year deal with high uh, average annual value. Uh, year one of this deal for Bauer, $40 million, highest AAV in MLB. It gets even more insane in year two, $45 million, and he's got an opt-out uh, after both the first two seasons. Uh, which he will likely do, uh, at least after the second season, because year three, only $17 million. So, so it's definitely looking like a two year deal. And again, I didn't expect this. I figured the Mets would, would probably, you know, end up getting him. Apparently, they offered the most money. I don't have, I should have looked that up before I come on. Um, But Bauer definitely preferred the Dodgers. Now, here's my big concern. If I'm a Dodgers fan, well, Dodgers fans are probably on cloud nine still. But I I guess kind of looking at it, hopefully the circus act is over for Bauer. Now that he's on his team, it's a team that's capable of winning. A championship, the the defending champs, but Bauer they give Trevor Bauer his best chance to win a championship at this point, and hopefully he just kind of mellows out, does as the Romans do. You know he's got Clayton Kershaw on that team who has to be a great leader. Mookie Betts is on that team, guys like Bellinger. Seeger, you know, been around a few years. So, th- there's plenty of personalities there for him to just kind of blend in with and hopefully quietly contribute to a, a big season. But but because it's a short-term deal, he he's almost going to be campaigning after this season for his next big contract. So <sighs> Do you guys have any concerns about how his personality fits into that market?
0: I don't know what Charlie thinks, but the way that I look at it is the L.A. market is so saturated with stars now. Even you know, even Anaheim, to a lesser extent, has Mike Trout who garners attention, even though he's understated. But you have Mookie Betts and Clayton Kershaw and Bueller, to an extent, David Price is a head case. You know, you, all these guys have personalities. And there's not a big enough star, I don't think, um, or spotlight, rather, or, or no matter what the you know, no matter what the price tag that's pack to it is because they just came off a championship and they got better. So it's not, oh, they just fell short and here's the guy to bring them over the hump. They're already over the hump and they're going for a repeat. So I actually don't think that in any means does it matter what his personality is because the market's not going to be an issue for him charlie what are your thoughts on that
2: i'm with you and i think ultimately he's from north hollywood california he gets to play in front of his home fans gets to play in front of his family um there was a large group of people that thought that he was going to end up in la anyways it just remained to be determined was he going to go to the dodgers or the angels we went down to Anaheim, an extra 45-minute commute to visit family. Um, if you're playing for the Dodgers, that's like 20 minutes from NoHo, um, as it's so commonly referred to to North Hollywood, uh, Ian's, I don't know what we call ourselves, when I still live out there. Um, it, when you live in L.A., you can kind of get away with whatever. I mean, Yaciel Puig was an absolute Momo, and people didn't really know he was that crazy until he left L.A., like they had heard stories and whatnot as far as like a personality, but it wasn't as crazy as like when he played in Cincinnati. They're like, what is he doing? Like, why is he acting this way? Like kids, listen, the, this kid's been a fool for years. Like he had a great year too, but he's like an absolute space cadet. He's a head case. So um, as far as LA goes, he's going to do what he he does. He's getting paid $40 million a year this year. He's getting paid $45 million next year. That's dumb money. Stupid. Um, Props to his agent for getting this deal done. She is an absolute boss for so many reasons. And if you can get someone multiple opt-outs in a three-year deal, you have the epitome of an open relationship and no commitment. So well done, Trevor Bauer. If he does well, it's not going to matter. No one's going to care. If he goes 20-7 and in a full season, do you think anyone's going to give a crap if he starts, you know, doing dumb stuff? Probably not. Like, if he's the Rob Gronkowski of the Dodgers, who's going to care? You win 20 games, he's winning. As long as you win, no one cares. No one cares. Like, it's just unfortunately the case. So, it is what it is.
1: (laughs) You know? Dodgers are stupid good this year. You know, and his... I'm doing the math right now. So, his average annual salary is 34 million despite the ridiculous you know 40 in the first year 45 in the second year so you know when you average out the the three years with you know with year 3 being 17 million it comes out to be 34 million a year so that keeps the Don't the, bother. That keeps the average annual yeah, well, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's the AAV that that matters the most here, uh, and the Dodgers have kind of blown through the luxury tax. They're the only team that's above it, and they're they're just focused on winning. And while that might be a stupid contract, it fits pretty well with the with the long term for the Dodgers because Walker Buehler will be a free agent after Bauer's deal comes up. So this deal with Bauer isn't going to prevent the Dodgers from, you know, giving Bueller that big deal. Kershaw also comes off in another year or two as well in the David Price money. So even though they're over it right now, it's only short term and, and they're going to, they're going to get to clean it up, you know, like the Red Sox are cleaning it up. I'm jealous because they get to be competitive during this period and we're kind of, you know, Red Sox fans, we're just kind of hoping the signings we've made worked out. But you're, you're seeing right now Andrew Friedman, the top executive in, in, in the Dodgers front office, just really living it up right now, just doing what he wants to do and, and building an absolute yep. juggernaut. Yeah, Kershaw, like you mentioned,
2: Kershaw's done in 2021. This is it. He's a free agent next year. Price is a free agent after 2022. Mm-hmm. So your, your salary goes from $242 million this year in half to 121 before you start re-signing people. It gets chopped again to $50 million, less than half of that. Now, granted, you know some of these players are going to be making buku bucks or you're making bank. Trevor Bauer's not on that list. He's, he's got $17 million 2023. That's going to come off the books. I don't think Clayton Kershaw is going to be playing for $30 million a year. He'll be lucky if he makes twenty. Uh Mookie Betts is still going to be getting paid. Uh, Kenley Jensen, I don't think Kenley Jensen is going to be getting a ridiculous contract. Cody Bellinger is going to get paid. Corey Seager is going to get paid. What's up?
0: Bellinger's a free agent after this year. He's got a $16 million this year, and he's a free agent.
2: He's not so- a free agent. He's, he's arbitration eligible. He's not a free agent free agent at
0: all yeah yeah no 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 he's no Cody uh
2: 2022 would be his third year because this was year two of arbitration eligibility Ah, so he's still under under team ownership ownership for yeah they they own his him for two more seasons and they're going to be able to coast with him Corey seager is a little bit older this would be his last year of arbitration eligibility um next year he's a free agent he will probably get a decent deal. If you have to choose between Cody Bellinger and Corey Seager though, I'm freaking paying Cody Bellinger. So, um I mean, if, Terry's right. This works in both the short term and the long the long term. The Dodgers are going to be competitive not just in 2021, not just in 2022. They're going to be they're going to be doing really well for the next 3-4 years. Um I'll be shocked if they don't win two World Series in the next 4 years. I'll be shocked Shocked, especially this year. They got
1: to, yeah. I,
0: I look at it and say that they just extended their window by about six years. And the reason being is if you look at the structure of their contracts, you know, price comes up next year, okay, whatever, doesn't matter. He's gravy when you look at their rotation, right? What they really have to reset is 2023. But when you look at 2023, who's actually a free agent versus how much money they have. Like you said, $120 million comes off the books, fill a lot of holes with $120 million. And they don't actually have that many holes to fill. They'll have one hole in the infield if they don't re-sign Seager, and they'll have one hole in the rotation to fill. And that leaves them about 30. If they get the two best guys on the market, that's $50 million a year. That leaves yeah. them about $25 million a year to fill the bullpen out with other arms.
2: Yeah, and so Dustin May, Dustin May doesn't hit arbitration eligibility until 2023.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, what and he's going to be a stud. He's already yeah. a stud, and yeah. they're just going to keep getting better. So they extended their window by a lot, and not just with this move. Their window basically is until Mookie Betts' contract expires, and that's how they—that's how they've played it with their salary cap, because the third year of Trevor Bauer, 17 million, that's just there for the AAV. Like they're not—he's not, not going to play for 17 million unless he gets hurt. You know, if he's he not going to get a, no
2: he still he'd still resign he he oh no oh no even if he's hurt he's still going to get paid dude kevin durant signed a a max deal with the nets in, in the nba first year didn't even play and um, he's still got full
1: money Maybe – be a team out there that would be short of tommy john though like that a, could derail him yeah if he
0: gets tommy john or if he, if he tears something you know like a labor or something like that and he misses an extended period of time he might just take that 17 million to show people hey i'm healthy again It'll be another Pruitt year, and then he'll go sign a five-year deal somewhere for a shitload of money, pardon my French. It's, to me, a genius move by the Dodgers because it guarantees them, at least in my mind, dominance over the AL West, which people were starting to question when the Padres went out and got Snell, and then they went out and got Darvish. They're They're not messing around, and they have the young talent to compete with the Dodgers before this move. So this move cements them as the best team in the league Bauer turned down a $100 million offer from the Mets, which would have put them in the luxury tax, and I think would have put them in the conversation for a potential World Series candidate, uh, alongside, Atlanta. like, the National League is stacked, but now it's the Dodgers, Dodgers above everybody else. I was going to do a little levels there, but there's no reason. The Dodgers are on their own level.
1: You bring up an interesting point, kind of, or kind of leads me to a point, is that... The Padres did pick up Snell and Darvish, but then the do- the Dodgers go pick up Bauer, who's far more durable. So their rotation has a lot less question marks. The Dodgers do, but I want to bring this up. This is kind of uh, something that you know I've been thinking about the last couple of days, and I'm actually live streaming right now on my Twitter account as I make this take. Um, look at the Trevor Bauer signing, and then the Garrett Cole signings. Bauer got short-term money, Cole got long-term money, but Cole could have played for the Los Angeles Dodgers for eight years, $300 million. but he chose the Yankees because he always wanted to be a Yankee, and the Yankees aren't going to sniff a World Series for quite some time, or at least winning one. Maybe they can go to one on a year like this where the, the American League is so weak, um, but so it's just funny that Bauer ends up being, you know, on a team that happens to be a juggernaut. And the the Dodgers are probably going to win the World Series either this year or next year, like we were just saying. And it's Bauer's just going to have the bragging rights and their rivalry as far as future success goes. So. You know, it's just I I don't know. I, I think Cole really screwed himself and his his career isn't gonna be what it what it could have been had had he signed with a team that put him in the best possible position to win. It, it it's interesting they also bring that up because if you have to deal with you think
2: about it, okay, would you rather be a pitcher for the Yankees or would you rather be a pitcher for the Dodgers? Which team has a better offense? the Dodgers no question right
0: yeah it's
2: not even close
0: it's not even close well now wait wait a second though but when he made that decision there's still there was no Mookie Betts right Mookie Betts trade hadn't happened yet and they weren't a juggernaut yet you know they got to the World Series they didn't win anything yet so he went to the Yankees thinking they're gonna retool they're gonna be bigger I get to be the face of the franchise Bellinger's already the face in, in LA there's other
2: stuff to it. So the so I'm here's a bold statement. The Dodgers were better than the Yankees without Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts joined and put them on another level. Trevor Bauer joined the Dodgers and now it's just the Yankees of the 90s. It's the Yankees versus everyone else. It was always the Yankees versus the Braves, uh the Yankees versus uh what, the Mets, the Yankees versus the Marlins depending on the year. Dodger, the Diamondbacks in, in 99, 2000, right? In 2000, uh, I think it was 2000, 2001. Um, and and that, that was it. It's going to be the Dodgers versus whoever. If I'm the Mets or the Padres, I'm like, damn it. I wish I was in the American League because it's going to be them going almost every year. Uh, Garrett Cole made a, a mistake. Hindsight's twenty twenty. The Yankees could have been good if Giancarlo Stanton wasn't injured all the damn time. If Aaron Judge didn't break a rib every single time he tripped on himself, maybe the Yankees would be better. I personally think that Aaron Judge is a little bit overrated. I think Giancarlo Stanton can't stay healthy to save his life. And unfortunately, you can have all the talent in the world. If you don't stay healthy, that's a huge part of the game. You're getting paid a dumb amount of money. And if you can't stay healthy, you're a detriment to your team. The Dodgers do not have to deal with injuries. They, They just haven't been injured. And that's a big part of the game. It is what it is. So the Dodgers are better. Bauer will have more than bragging rights because the Dodgers will be winning World Series and the Yankees have a chance to get to the World Series. That's the difference.
0: Well, a lot of that, I think, you know, you look at it. The Yankees had guys they thought were going to be studs on the level of a Dustin May. Maybe not in pitching, but of Dustin May. They thought they were going to have Gary Sanchez was going to turn into the next 30 home run catcher Um, You know, they thought they had young guys in Andujar who was going to be a stud. None of those guys are turning into Cody Bellinger, Mookie Betts, or Corey Seager overnight. In fact, they're regressing, and people are wondering when the hell Gary is going to lose his job. So, it really wasn't a mistake at the time. Probably, I agree with you, Charlie, but you can't necessarily look back at it and say, oh, it was a mistake, look at the Dodgers, they're so much better. The Dodgers... Had all of their guys pan out, and the Yankees had everybody bust. So, it's it's a tough decision to make. Wait, uh,
2: sorry, uh, question. You were saying Dustin May at the beginning. Dustin May uh, was a Do- he was never a Yankee.
0: No, no. What I'm saying is the the Dodgers had all these guys coming up, you know, or who were young, who were really panning out. You know, in Dustin May turned out to be a stud. Oh yeah, and Bellinger was a stud. And yep. now they have Mookie Betts, who's a stud, and Seeger is a stud. The Keeps Yankees going. thought they had that. Yeah, They thought Duhar was going to be that. They thought Sanchez was going to be the guy. They thought Judge was the greatest thing since Babe Ruth. Mm-hmm. And this was going to be – the new stadium was going to be the house that Judge built. And et cetera, et cetera. They thought they had those guys, and they didn't.
1: The, so, the thing about it, though
0: – is it Was it really a mistake? I don't know.
1: I think it was a mistake because – the Yankees payroll situation was a mess and I didn't think they were going to get Garrett Cole because of it. I didn't think he was going to put them way over the threshold and I think with all the penalties factored in, I think they were around 270 million last season and you know the threshold is 210 because you know it was their second or third year in a row exceeding it. So now they're paying the penalty for it. They haven't been in on anybody this this winter, I mean, they got they've made some trades. You know, they got Jamison. You know, Tyon, I think is how you pronounce it from the Pirates. They did get Kluber, actually. Good,
0: like, like Tyon's a good pitcher, though. Don't don't sleep on him. He's he's been hurt, but he's a good pitcher.
1: Yeah, I just he he doesn't strike out a ton of guys, and I just, I kind of worry about that, especially if he's pitching at Yankee Stadium. He has the upside, so. You know, and, and he certainly could be better than what Tanaka's given them for the last year or two, and, you know, what a Domingo Hermann might also, you know, give them. So it's not a great rotation, and it's certainly not the Dodgers or the Padres, you know. So it, in the American League, it's probably enough to go into the playoffs and, and maybe the the ALCS but i just feel like they were a mess at the time that they signed Cole and they're just not as well positioned as as some of these other teams do you know what's well, remarkable think- about the yankees right now
2: is that Garrett Cole and Giancarlo Stanton will combine for $68 million annually through 2027? You've got 70 million committed to two guys. That is insane. And then you've got DJ LeMayhew in there. I don't think he's gonna be great past year four of that deal, maybe even year three of that deal. That's another 15 deal. million.
0: But it is a, that is a good deal for the it's team a, at this point in time. It's a good deal,
2: but I don't think DJ LeMahieu was thinking long term. And I don't think DJ LeMahieu was thinking that Trevor Power was going to go to LA. Yeah. Because I... if DJ LeMahieu signs a team friendly deal in LA, dude, I take LeMahieu over uh, Kiki Hernandez. Are you kidding me?
0: I mean one's a batting champ one isn't, right? So that's right. kinda of how I look at it. One's a utility guy and one is an everyday player in the league who's gonna hit three hundred for you. So Right.
2: What was Kiki's contract though?
0: Cheap, but not that cheap.
2: Cheap money. What yeah. was it? Two years for?
0: Two years for was it eighteen? I
2: thought it was sixteen million total.
0: It might be sixteen. I think it was I think it was two eighteen. I'm gonna look it up right now.
1: No, okay, it's so you're paying two, an additional six. Two at 14 overall, you know, over two years. Oh, 14 overall? Oh, okay. All right. So seven per. Yeah. But another thing, you know, with the Yankees, Charlie's pointing out how a lot of these contracts extend to 2027. Two of them are going to be painful. Stanton and then probably LeMahieu, who does have a little bit of an injury history, you know, and and that could be at year four or so. So where does that bring us? So 2024 through 2027 is going to be painful. But look at this window running up to 2024. It's it's still not great. You know, right. so and their farm system because isn't those great. guys
0: they thought were going to pan out didn't pan out. You know, the guys like Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez is going to end up being a a second catcher on somebody's team for a long time. Right. Yeah, but Gary San- okay. Here's the thing: but he's here- not a stud. What's worse, Gary
2: Sanchez making what eleven? How much is he making? Ten million? He's making six point three million this year, or the fact that you're paying Aaron Hicks almost eleven million and then almost well, so- ten million through twenty twenty five.
0: So these contracts are all terrible. You know, they god were all, awful, like, they, terrible. They thought, they thought they were competing for a championship window. That's but why would really you give Aaron Hicks million? Why would you do that? He because got because Brian Cashman is not a good general manager. I don't know if you guys agree with that. That's my. That's just a fact for me. He got he's, $70, I know, 70 million. I know Terry. I know Terry loves to say he's an early nineties general manager. That's like the Terry terminology for it. Yeah. But for me, he's just never been a good general manager. He hasn't. He's taken over and he took the Yankees to one World Series and that World Series that he took them to, he had a fantastic roster that he almost inherited.
1: Right. Which, Which year was this? He's not a great title
0: manager. 2009. 2009 the only year that they've, been, that they've been to the World Series.
2: Yeah, they, they bought that one. That was the year that they spent half a billion dollars on CC Sabathia, Mark DeShera, A.G. Burnett, and they brought exactly. another guy. It was four, four guys they brought. I forget the
0: fourth one. And people forget how good A.J. Burnett was when he was with the Blue Jays. Like, they and brought in a stunned. stud. Yeah. You know? And CC Sabathia carried that team. Yeah. He put the whole team on his back and won 20 games. So, mm-hmm. people forget that the Yankees' dynasty, it's been gone for almost almost 18 years. Uh, they haven't been competitive since the, that '04 4 season for World Series every year. And... 09 was more of a fluke than it was of a, a reignition of the dynasty. It's a whole well, different.
2: I wouldn't say fluke. I would say bought because okay, there's well, a difference. But, I mean, you, you, you literally had, you bought the best players available on the market. It was like, Oh, let's see if we get one of those guys. The Yankees were like, Nope, we want them all. Like we, we literally want AJ Burnett. We want CC Sabathia. We want Mark Teixeira. You want the best first baseman on the market. You want the best pitcher. And then when the best pitcher was off, you wanted the next best pitcher and you got him too. So, uh, you bought the 09 World Series.
0: Okay, so what do you think about this World Series then? did the do- Are the Dodgers buying this World Series? I mean, their payroll is oh my god, dollars yes. higher than everyone else. But a oh lot my of god. those guys are homegrown.
1: They're you, just extremely well positioned though. They built they were, their it, team. Right. They built their team the right way, so right. I, w- you can say they bought it, but they they've earned all of this. I feel like and it's a
2: combo. It's a combo. I'll give them that. It's a combo.
1: Yeah. But when you add, when you
2: add and trade for Mookie Betts, he's not homegrown. When you add Trevor Bauer, he's not homegrown. Oh, he's from L.A., but he's not homegrown. You know, he's from he went to UCLA. He did not go into the L.A. market. There are a couple pieces in there that weren't there beforehand. And believe me, if Mookie Betts is not there, Trevor Bauer is not there, the Dodgers are a well above average team that can compete and possibly do better than the Mets or the Padres. You add Mookie Betts, you add Trevor Bauer, you are now in a class of your own. Ipso facto, you can say that you traded slash helped buy the next title or two or three.
0: So I have a I have a question here for you and Terry then, Charlie. Do you guys think the Padres would have made the moves that they did for Snell and for Dartauer was going to be a Dodger? Bauer was never going
2: to sign with the Padres. There was no way the no, Padres no. were going to give that kind of do money.
0: You think, do you think they would exp, would they would have gone out and tried to get these two guys and lowered their farm system? Right, they didn't give away much, granted, but they did give away some prospects to try to build their team into a competitor with the Dodgers for the foreseeable future. Would they have gone out and paid for a Darvish and a Snell if they known that Trevor Bauer was going to go be a Dodger and just tilt the scales back towards the Dodgers again?
2: I you have th- arguably one of the best up-and-coming players in Major League Baseball on your team as a, as a, on the Padres is Fernando Pizzi Jr. You already had a lot of great pieces. Some of your starting pitchers were really, really good. Who knows what's going to happen for the future, if they're going to stay or if they're going to get traded. We have no idea. They traded for um, – what was the name of the guy who got traded to the Padres and the Indians? Not Clevenger. Or was it Clevenger? I think Clevenger, Clevenger. did get moved. Yeah, yeah. yeah Clevenger yeah. moved. Dude,
0: stud. Who's a stud? Total yeah. stud.
2: I'm I, i I'm not going to think anything. Uh, I think the Padres are going to do what the Padres are going to do because they came as close as they did last year. And they knew, uh oh, we're just one or two chips away from getting it. I'm sorry, Terry. I know you, you were going to say something. I'll, I'll shut oh,
1: up. Oh, no, it's all good. I I don't think the Padres really see themselves as huge underdogs. There, There's still a lot to like about that team. I've had concerns all winter about the durability of Snell and Darvish, but if they can if the stars align, that's still a very good team. And I can't put them ahead of the Dodgers in any in any way, but I I just don't think they see it that way. And they finally had a taste of of the postseason, they, they went around. Granted, it was an expanded postseason, but I, I think they're feeling pretty good about where they're at.
0: Well, I'm not, I don't doubt that they do. I would, too, if I were them. I mean, they're positioned much like the Dodgers were two years ago with all the young talent in the world and the number one farm system in baseball and some good pieces. I'm just, to me, is... The Padres went out and got two of the best pitchers available on the market. You know, arguably the number 2 and number 3 pitcher on the market. It's Snell and I would say Darvish is probably the number 3 pitcher to move so far this offseason, right behind behind those two guys. I mean, you can argue that one because Darvish has his injury history and whatever. But they got the number 2 and the number 3 guy, and the Dodgers got the number 1 guy, and the Dodgers were better last year. So I'm interested to see the slugfest in the NL West. I just think that it went from being a super interesting conversation last week to now it's it's going to be more of a Hail Mary pass if the Padres can pull this out.
1: You know, it's interesting because the, the West Coast is where the action is now. Like, that's the destination. The East Coast, you know, we're going to have some good baseball here. But man, you know, I don't. I don't know if it's going to be great for MLB ratings, for you, you know. Because I think it's good for the sport. Well, you know, I, I, I just feel like half fan bases are
0: out east.
1: Half the country is just going to be in bed while while these guys are are playing. You know, by the time the fourth or fifth inning comes, so I I like it. I, I like it for the the dodgers padres rivalry i've been saying all winter long that that is going to be the premier rivalry of this decade of any sport i just think it's going to be really intense you guys know who the big loser is in all of this mike trout yes that's exactly where i was going (laughs) mike trout (laughs) You know, he sees, he sees Aaron, Aaron Aaronado finally free himself of that prison he was in for a couple of years. And, and there's Trout just stuck in one of the biggest markets in, in the country. And his team is going nowhere and nobody wants to sign with them. They're getting, I forget what moves they made. They just got a, just a scrap heap pitcher from somewhere. Um, And nobody, nobody wants to go there because they know that's where their career is going to go to die. We saw it with Um, You know, Trout is just floundering, hasn't won a postseason game his entire career. And I just feel like he's got to get out of there. And I don't know if it's going to happen.
0: You know, I don't know what Charlie's thinking here is, but I feel like Mike Trout, they went out and got Rendon last year. You know, they went out and they trying to surround him with some good pieces. They're getting burned by that Pools contract, which, you know, Pools went out and as the best player available on the market signed one of those deals that you, at the time you go, wow, that's a lot of money. But if there's a guy that's worth it, it's Albert Pools. If he hasn't been worth it for two years. He's not going to be worth it this year or next year, I believe is the last year of that deal. So, they've gone out to try to surround Trout with talent. They just haven't succeeded because no one wants to play in Anaheim. If they went out and got Trevor Bauer, are they a playoff team? Probably not. No. But are they, if they expanded playoffs, they probably would be. I think, you know, Trout himself is, is good. Rendon is great. Um, outside of those two guys, they have no pitching staff. I think, you know, Madden is good as a manager. Don't get me wrong. He was great for Tampa for a long time. He was great for the Cubs. You can't work with nothing. You got to give the guy something to work with. And outside of the two, you know, two offensive players that I think are phenomenal, there's nothing else there.
1: Yeah. So,
2: I I feel really bad for Trout. Um, Pujols, so uh, what Joe was saying with Pujols, that, that contract is done in 2021. He's a free agent next year. He'll probably retire. Um, Trout's there through 2030. And Rendon is there for another five or six years. I still don't understand why they went to go get Rendon. Yeah, you surrounded him with another hitter. Guess what? You still have Jack for pitching. Your pitching is non-existent. And if you shut down Rendon or you shut down, uh, you know, you could wow, you could walk Mike Trout every at bat. You could, you could Bryce Harper him where they were going to walk him.
0: You could. Games are go- You can manually miss. You know, that's yeah. when I got Ortiz became a threat, but that's what people could do to Ortiz.
2: But here's the thing. The Red Sox had pitching when that happened. The Angels have nobody. If I'm like Trout right now, I am so upset because I- I'm here. I signed a-, a ridiculous contract. I'm in year three out of 12. This is year three, I think, right?
0: Oh, 19 is when he signed it. it.
2: No, he he signed, I think, a, a 12-year deal for $425 million or whatever. four hundred twenty six. Um, and I think it was signed 2019. So 2019, yeah, March, 2020. 2019. Yeah, dude. So he's got two years in. He's This is year so. three out of 12. Dude, I'm so pissed if I'm Mike Trout. I'm 29 years old. And uh, wh- where is my team going? I don't know.
0: Nowhere. Nowhere.
2: Nowhere. Like Mike Trout will make history as the only 700 home run hitter without winning a playoff game if he stays in L.A. So you either bring some pieces there, or you move him. You have no choice. I'm sure the Dodgers will take him.
0: You can move that contract too. I mean, I know it's one of the richest contracts in sports history, but he's Mike Trout, and he's the best player probably ever to play the game. So you could move that contract. It wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't be the hardest thing in the world to move. But where does your franchise go if you don't have Mike Trout? I mean, he is the only hope for that franchise. He's the only thing saving them from, frankly, being on the cut list You know that the commissioner always gets from the fans. It's like, oh, just move this team to Canada. Move this team to Montreal or this team to Mexico City. The only thing keeping Anaheim in the Angels in Anaheim is Mike Trout. And people aren't driven to go to that ballpark anyway, especially not in that market where the Dodgers are so perennially better. But Mike Trout's one of those guys that people pay to go see. So... I don't know where that team's going, but you're right. He's the biggest loser of this offseason. And if they go out and get Oderizzi and one or two other pieces, I would be less upset. I'd be like, oh, okay, well, at least they're making some moves. You know, they didn't get the big guy, but they're making some moves. The fact that they weren't even in the last three on Trevor Bauer, I mean, the fact that it was the Mets or the Dodgers, they weren't even in the conversation is embarrassing.
2: And, and, and more to your point, they didn't get Bauer. But if you're consolation- Prizes, we missed out on Bauer, but we got to Rizzi If that's your consolation prize, holy shit. I'm so sorry. Like, I'd be more upset if they're like, hey, Mike, listen, we wanted to make this work for you. We uh we, we kind of missed the boat on Trevor. But uh, you know, we got to Rizzi and we, we we brought uh Yaso Puig here.
1: <laughs> yeah. Is that okay?
2: <laughs> like, like what a joke. If I'm like trout I'm like lol,
1: bro, like literally. Can I go? Like, the problem is. Really
0: he's not going anywhere.
1: The problem with trading Mike, Mike Trout is the owner's going to get involved and he's going to screw up the trade. It's going to be a bad return or whatever the return ends up being is going to just get. There
0: is no return.
1: He's just going to get screwed up in the future. So I just feel like the angel, the real loser here is Angels fans because. They've got a front office and an owner that just screw up everything, and there's just no future in that organization. Here's their pitching, though, if anybody is wondering. The scrap heap guy that they got was Alex Cobb. That that acquisition was just this week, but here's their rotation from, start to, from top to bottom, rather. Dylan Bundy is their number one. Andrew Heaney, Jose Quintana, which is a recent acquisition. Griffin Canning, Shohei Ohtani is listed still as a potential starter. I don't know what the plan is for him. He's had some elbow issues. He's been very good at the plate, so he, so there's he's salvageable in that aspect, but I just the f- possibility of him being a, you know, a top, well, middle to top of the rotation starter is a long shot, but still listed in the depth chart. And then again, Alex Cobb. So they've got a very Red Sox looking rotation there. <laughs> you know, we're hoping for I the mean, best. Alex
0: Cobb's not a bad, not a bad pitcher though. I mean, he's got what a four three ERA. I,
1: he um, and he bounced back yeah, in twenty twenty in, in a short season. Oh, well, actually, maybe he slipped a little because he was his ERA is four thirty. But his career, I'm sorry, ERA is three. Sorry, what's that?
2: This isn't. This is not even. Uh, this is just as bad. Like, I, I don't know what's worse, the Angels rotation or the or the Red Sox rotation. And if I'm Mike Trout in LA and I have to figure out if fans want to be Dodgers fans or, lo- I mean, Angels fans, Um, Dylan Bundy is my one. Walker yeah, Bueller is your three on the other team. Maybe
0: your you're three. four if Dustin May shows up. You or know you're I mean? F- Dustin May is a stud. Or you're five if David Price is
2: on fire. Like, dude... Dylan Bundy is your one. A couple years ago, the Angels had no starters who won more than eight games. No, no starter won ten games. Are you kidding me? This hurts. If I'm Mike Trout, I am. I am like nails on a chalkboard. I'm so upset. Like biggest loser. Don't no want
0: to blame it yourself. You signed the. I, biggest I get it. Before. I get it. I get it. Believe me. Like you can go to free agency. I know, free agency. I
2: know. I know. I think that is a ridiculous
1: deal. Bueller is the number two for for the Dodgers behind Bauer. And I, I think Bueller also has the potential to be a, a number one.
0: I think Bueller is a number one. Yeah. Like, there's no doubt in my mind he's a number one. Right. I just don't think he's their number one. Because I think that the organization has the utmost respect for Clayton Kershaw. They won't they won't bump him from that spot. And I think Trevor Bauer is better than Bueller, so that makes him there three. And I think there's a decent chance. Don't don't get me wrong. I think it's it's minimal, but there's a chance that Dustin May is better than Walker Bueller. I think Dustin May is a stud. I don't know if you guys have seen him pitch a lot.
1: He he's nasty.
0: Curveball is dynamic.
1: Yeah, he he. I think he needs a third pitch though to you know fully become a starting pitcher because he didn't see any time uh, starting in the uh playoffs last year he was more of a, a long guy but um but
0: when, I, uh, when you have that rotation though and you go to four guys you, you don't need <laughs> you don't need him to start you yeah can out of the bullpen and shut you down
1: right yeah I he could very well be a, a number one or a number two uh Maybe not on the Dodgers necessarily <laughs> because they're so nasty, but he, he is a bona fide one or two on, on most teams if, if he does get a third pitch developed. But, yeah, and Bueller, I'm a, I've am always been high on him. I, I picked him two years in a row to, to be uh, a Cy Young, which didn't happen. But he does have a career three one five ERA, and I think he will be a, a Cy Young winner multiple times over. Uh, over the next six seven eight years but yeah all right so yeah. let's let's move on uh you know our condolences to mike trout of Joe. course oh did we oh there he is oh here he is oh, i think
0: you lost <laughs> me for a second there i just had to i had to refresh my
1: internet for a second there You're That's good. Okay. uh we're gonna move on real quick to marcel osuna he will, like I said in the intro, go back to the Atlanta Braves on a four-year guaranteed deal, $16 million per year, with an option for a fifth. And this is a very well-balanced baseball team. I don't think anybody can pick any other team uh, other than the Braves to win that division. And you've got an outfield now with, with Osuna and Acuna. Just a lot of firepower.
2: Absolutely. Um and the deal honestly was very well earned. If I'm not mistaken, Osuna ended up being the league leader for both Homers and RBIs last year. So it's nice that he gets he gets to go back to the team uh that he got to hit those records with. You know, he'll he'll be in the books as the, the league leader in Homers and Ribbies. I, I, this is a team that has uh, a good starting rotation. You have Ronald Acuna, you have Dansby Swanson, uh, Swanson, everyone's kind of curious to see like what's going to happen with him. Freddie Freeman's one of the best first basemen in all of baseball. Um, you have Austin Riley and you have Ozzy Albies. Both are really, really good too. They had a little bit of a, a regression too, but I mean, this is a really good team. This is a really good team for him. Um, Ozuna was limited, I think, as far as options went, but four years, 65 million, 16.25 per for four years, option for year five, fantastic signing, fantastic, uh, you know, nothing but the best for him.
0: I totally agree. I think when you remove him from that lineup, they become a lot less scary, uh, you know, in that four hole behind freddie freeman and if you don't protect freddie freeman they'll walk him every time because he's a stud and not only is he one of the best first basemen in all of baseball this season he has been for his entire career and i don't know you know what his uh what his stats are career-wise i don't have them in front of me but just based on the eye test i'd say he looks like he's going to the hall of fame if he keeps this up for another four or five seasons you need to protect him ozuna's a power bat he's shown that already he's not a great outfielder but in that outfield you don't need him to be a great outfielder and when your worst hit your worst hitter is Inziarte who's by no means a bad hitter and he'll hit like 250 260 probably next season and your worst starter you know your number 5 guy is Drew Smiley you're in good shape i mean no one on that team has an ERA over 4-4 in their career I think they'll probably end up with the best rotation in on the East Coast. Uh, you know, out of all the teams on the East Coast, whether it be National League or American League, they extended their window. I think, offensively, to being uh, a star power with this move. And Acuna is going to learn, you know, another step in his development here. He's going to get probably 600 at bats. I'd expect him to probably score 130 runs. 95 to 100 RBIs, 30 stolen bases, and 35 home runs. You know, that kid's a stud, and surrounding him with talent the right move.
1: Alex Anthopoulos is their GM, and he's a top two or three GM in, in Major League Baseball. You, you look at some of the, the moves he's made. You know, Charlie Morton, a great move on, on a one-year deal bringing back Ozuna, who's going to give you, I mean, for comparison here, does having Ozuna instead of Mike Trout lessen your chances to win a World Series? I mean, Ozuna's highly productive at half the price. Uh, It's just a better deal, and, and he's a GM that constantly gets great value out of a lot of his signings. Well, people seem to,
0: in Atlanta, buy into the team first, you know, atmosphere. And a lot of that's cultural. And it's made them a, a powerhouse, frankly. I mean, they're not going to win a seven game series with the Dodgers as currently constituted unless things go, you know, a little bit wrong there. But they might, they might even get better. I mean, they might get Marquez back. He had the, um, I think it was cancer this offseason. He's now cancer-free. They're expecting him back. They're going to get better. And they got Morton, who's going to be, you know, he can only give you five innings now at his age. But five innings every fifth day of quality pitching puts you one step closer. And Ian Anderson, when I mean, that kid's a rookie, he's a stud. Or he's now gonna be a second year. He's a stud. So I think you're right. He's a top two, maybe you know, he might be right behind Friedman as the best GM in the league.
1: I think he I is really.
0: He, I wouldn't be surprised if he's better than Freeman because he works with a lot less money. You know, and the situation that he's taken over in is not no one's lining up to go play in Atlanta the way they're lining up to go play in LA. Right. You know, it's not the biggest market in the world.
1: And Atlanta is going to have, you know, a little bit more flexibility. And I would say Anthopolis is a number two until Bloom or some other up and coming GM takes it away from him. Toronto goes to the ALCS two years in a row, kind of out of nowhere. I mean, I don't think we were shocked in 2016 when they went back, but that was Alex Anthopolis's team. And just a, a brilliant mind that that keeps teams competitive. So I like the Braves. I love Brian Snicker. you know he's an old guy who defies the trends of teams going for younger guys and has won, I think what three years in a row now has won the National League East. And you just look at the other teams in that division, how Anthopolis just outperforms them. I don't think he's going to be worried about Dave Dombrowski in Philadelphia. The Mets, I wouldn't be. Yeah, the Mets are still kind of a dumpster fire until proven otherwise. I mean, they've had some stuff happen, and it's by no fault of of Steve Cohen's. But um, so you got them. The Nationals are always good on paper, but you just never really know. They finally did get their championship, though. And I think the Marlins are getting there though. They will be uh, a premier team in Major League Baseball with their very patient and methodical rebuild. So they'll probably be the team that eventually starts fighting Atlanta for that division on a year in and year out basis. But
0: I'm excited to see what Kim Eng can do with that team. You know I think Miami has some good building blocks. I think she's fantastic. Um, it's going to be interesting, but I, I wouldn't rule out, you know, I think the Braves still might have some competition. The Mets got a whole lot better. They didn't get Bauer. People are like, oh, you know, they missed out, but they have some money to spend. Clearly, if they were going to go get Bauer, they can go get Oda And if they go get Oda they're still a threat because they already have, I would say the number three rotation, maybe in the big leagues behind the Dodgers and, and the, uh, Padres, maybe the four behind, behind the Braves. And Lindor solves a lot of problems in your lineup. So I wouldn't rule out the Mets. They're they're a dark horse for that division.
1: But I'm not rooting Atlanta against them. The East. Yeah, absolutely. No. I, I hope the Mets are good, you know, for that division. And the Phillies didn't really get any worse, but you just got to worry about their sustainability with a guy like Dombrowski in there. But, you and know. And there's
0: not, there's not a lot of good trade candidates this season. I mean, if you're looking at you know, one-and-done contracts for this season. There's not a lot that Dombrowski doesn't have a lot of pieces to work with uh, in Philly where he can be dealing young talent to get somebody to bring him over the hump. Not that I think they're in that position. But if he does want to do what he usually does, which is empty the piggy bank and go get a star to get you one step closer, there's not a lot of options out there this year.
1: No, he'd probably have to trade from the the major league roster and, and be creative about it. But, yeah. So, all right, I guess we'll uh, we'll wrap on that. Uh, final question before we do go, though. Most hissy fits in 2021, is it going to be Trevor Bauer or David Price? David Price. <laughs> you won't hear about it,
0: but it'll be David Price. Well, is David Price going to even be a factor
2: in 2021? Do we know if he he's going to... He might not gonna... even play. I know, like, that might have been the biggest gift the Reds... Socks got was just, here you go, take take the... (sighs) Terry, that's a really good question. Um, I'm actually not sure if I can say 100% chips all in on one or the other.
1: I think biggest hits he fits... Who do you think it's going to be? Probably Bauer because he's just a lot more relevant. And if, if David Price's magic elbow, you know, starts you know flaring up I, who knows i mean i'm saying i'm saying bauer because of his
2: age and because he's he's the highest paid player in baseball he's probably going to throw some kind of crap but i just i think that david price now is is too irrelevant i don't think anyone's going to care
0: well so that's the thing is is it going to be are we talking about biggest hissy bits or biggest hissy bits in the media
1: that's There's what no I meant. No one cares
0: what David Price has to say anymore. Yeah. So it's going to be Shepherd Power. It, it Power. could be but Power. David Price is going to be some <laughs> one way or the other. To... <laughs> <laughs> no one cares what Price has to say. Is the number five guy in that rotation. It doesn't matter.
2: Isn't that sad that David Price is a five? And there are some people that, like, you know, you have Dylan Bundy who's like, yeah, I'm the ace of my staff. <laughs> David Price is laughing. Like David Price is laughing. You David know? Price
0: loves it. He loves it. He hates being the focal point of any media scrutiny at all. This is perfect for his career.
2: I mean, what's crazy about... Do you know what's crazy about David Price on a five spot, though? Is you're playing in a high leverage, big market as the five guy. Meaning, you can't possibly suck if you're facing the five guy on other people's teams. You are an ace facing some scrub garbage fifth guy.
0: Like but it's David, good for his career, though. He's going to have oh, 20 wins yeah. this season. If he's he going to a 4-4, he's going to have best, 20 wins. He's the best number five of all time. <laughs> like, this
2: is just dumb. Yeah,
0: you it's know? like, like, it's I, like I, the Braves uh, in the 90s. You know, I, uh, like...
2: there, you know, Terry, it's funny. We There was one other trade that happened today that kind of left me scratching my head. And I know uh, – so what were people's opinions real quick on the, the Elvis Andrews for Chris Davis move?
0: Well, suppose I I feel like they both put you in the same position to win. One's a little bit more expensive, but it didn't seem like an Oakland A's move to to go get Elvis Andrews. I don't think it's that cheap.
1: It was.
2: fourteen million next two years, fifteen in year twenty twenty three. What's up, T? It was a
1: it was a money move more than anything, I guess. Um, But the the Rangers are a team that just don't have a rhyme or reason for for a lot of their moves and. They got Kluber last year. They got Lance Lynn. They made one or two other moves. And they looked okay on paper. And nobody was expecting the American League West to be a juggernaut by any means. And and they wanted to have a good team the first year their new stadium opened. And Kluber goes out after just one inning and it just, they went right in the toilet and they've got a terrible farm system. And I just feel like every year I come up with a new list of the three worst teams in, in major league baseball. And the Rangers are on that. I have the Rockies and the angels as the other two but isn't that sad yeah, yeah but i just that's brutal i don't think the rangers are going to be competitive for a long time and they were such a great team last decade you know they started it Do off you remember
0: yeah hamilton hamilton is where that started to go down i mean if they didn't sign josh hamilton or if he didn't have his his issues yeah. um with with drugs and had continued to produce at the level he was producing i think they would have won some world series uh, i think it was cocaine actually but
1: It might
0: have been both. What I do know is that if he didn't kind of crash and burn with that amount of money that they ended up burning there, they would have been, in my opinion, one of the best teams of that decade. I mean, think about Adrian Beltre for cheap. Like, after he left the Red Sox, and he was a stud there for, like, it it felt like forever.
2: Was it 2012, 2013 were the back-to-back years of the Rangers were like one pitch
1: no, away ten, from winning the World ten, ten Series? No, 10 and
2: 11 was those years. Okay, that's that's yeah. right. 13 was our year. Jesus. I'll <laughs> soon <laughs> forget it.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. But that, that's just – All right, man. Yeah, not, not a great team. But all right, we'll wrap on that. We'll probably come up with an excuse to uh, come back the middle of the week to discuss whatever else is going on. So – For everyone listening. Monday is truck day. And Monday is truck day. Absolutely. I'm a truck driver. I drive a box truck, but it's a (laughs) Freightliner. Yeah. Same thing. Kind of. Yeah. I'm not going to make a – never mind. So, uh, yes, (laughs) everyone uh, have a good uh, weekend. Hope you you enjoyed the Super Bowl because this comes out after. And uh, we'll be back with you soon. Take care.